Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with an eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Are your money back? Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a production of Dirty Mo Media. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Speed Street. Welcome back to the street where we go really fast. Um, we have a ton to talk about this week, folks. There has been a whirlwind of things happening. Uh, we had the NBA All-Star Weekend, which was absurd. I have, I, I don't even know if anyone wants to hear about it, but I, I'd have some funny stories. They so I, I would love to tell people about that. Uh, and I hope you guys enjoy it because I think there are a lot of unique things that were happening that uh, some of the things really would only happen to me. There are several of those items, um, but also a lot of IndyCar news to talk about. Uh, we've got several things like, boom, Takuma Sato back in the Indy 500. We've got Nashville is now an oval, uh, the season finale. Uh, we've got several, several things to talk about. Callum Eilat in for McLaren for a test. Um, so we've got that to just dive into a little bit, just a little, little dive, um, as well as a fantastic interview. We say that every week, but this really was a great interview um, with uh, Michael Shank, uh, MSR, obviously the um, IndyCar team, the sport, many-time Rolex uh, winner, uh, Indy 500 champion, uh, Michael Shank Race, Meyer Shank Racing, excuse me. Uh, the MSR folks that I got to drive for last year a little bit. Uh, great, great interview with him. Uh, but uh, but want to want to introduce my co-host Chase. Chase, how are we doing? You have a great Mark Martin shirt on, uh, as always, an incredible uh, outfit, wardrobe. Uh, how you feel, man? How was your weekend? Daytona 500 weekend. We got to talk about that too, obviously. Yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot did happen. I will say, first off, though, anytime uh, a legend of our time like Mark Martin, a uh, big avid fan of Gucci Mane, uh, love him. Uh, you know, I, I've always got to throw throw it up one time for him. Got the old uh, the old Win Dixie. I don't know if you ever shopped at a Win Dixie before. You ever been to a Win Dixie? I did not. Before? I did not. I was not a Win Dixie guy. I don't think. I used to work at the Win Dixie. I got fired from there when I was seventeen because I wouldn't take out my iPod headphones. I was really <laughs> big into listening to. I think I was listening to like a Drake mixtape uh, when that, it first. That came. makes sense. So yeah, iPod Mini. 
iPod color, maybe? Uh, yeah. Nano, <laughs> nano, iPod nano, nano. Got it. Yeah, Big nano guy. Um, so there yeah. you go. It was uh, it was it was the best of times, the worst of times, but it's it's all good. But no, I had a great weekend. Um, I got to follow along with your uh your 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 basketball Jones that you had your Man. adventures. Uh, I heard you were late for practice. Uh, yep. Was, uh, was just gonna be fun to hear about. And then yeah, the Daytona 500. Man, I uh I I watched it a little bit differently because of the rain out this year. So kind of got you know caught up on some of the visuals, but we prevail. You did call it, by the way. Uh, we, we you did call it. We told we told you we told you last week. I, it came out <laughs> the first name out. William Byron. First name out. <laughs> first name out. Speed Street. You heard here first. So yeah, I'm, I'm ready yeah. to dive into it. I'm ready to hear all about your uh, your adventure, though, man. Uh, starting off with your uh, your parade <laughs> in the car downtown. Yeah, no. So I I I definitely just wanted to. There were several moments from the weekend where I was like, I can't wait to tell the listeners of Speed Street about this because I think it was. Uh, a very unique situation that I don't think I will ever be a part of again. Um, I, I got to meet many, many individuals who, uh, you know, who I've been a fan of, who uh, who I didn't know but now know, and uh, who are superstars, who are incredible people. Um, got to uh, listen to some musical performances that I didn't think I would I would get to listen to. Um, shout out to Chains, uh, but <laughs> but I. Uh, Thursday night, like literally, this is this is the day after uh, you know our, our last episode released. Um, is practice time, right? We got we we have an official, not an official, an unofficial shoot around. They they called it uh, for the celebrity teams. Uh, I was on Team Shannon. Obviously, we 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 talked about Shannon Sharp. Uh, Peyton Manning did bail on us, which is a shame. That was a very sad moment. No Peyton Manning. No no Coach Peyton. Terrible. Uh, I really wanted to tell him about that time. He got me the day off of school. Uh, when we won the Super Bowl, uh, that didn't happen. But uh, but I, I Thursday night I, I did this amazing. I got to do this awesome thing with the IndyCar two seater. Let's go shout out IndyCar. We had an IndyCar two seater on the circle downtown Indianapolis. Um, basically, got to kick off the weekend by taking Tyrese Halliburton, our star of the Indiana Pacers, uh, for a ride. Basically, from the circle, about three blocks is about all we got to do uh, with a police escort and. Uh, didn't require race suits. Uh, I wasn't allowed to wear my helmet. We had to wear these special all-star helmets because they were making it like a surprise. Like, oh, it's Connor and Tyrese. Because little did I know, apparently people do listen to this podcast. And I had said on our podcast that I was going to do this with Tyrese Albert. And there was a news article saying that, oh, Connor said he was going to take Tyrese Albert for a ride on the two-seater. I spoiled it. So that's on me. I can't be trusted, clearly. Um, but anyway... We were there, very excited. I did a burnout downtown, and the, and the police officers, very, very kind folks, they went about a mile an hour and a half, maybe two miles an hour, and that is not good for a race car. And this is the two-seater. This isn't the street-legal two-seater, if, if people have seen that before. That one's kind of just, like, meant to be on the road, and it just looks like an Indy car. This was, like, the real one with, like, the racing clutch in it, like, the full gearbox and everything. And so... I do this burnout and I immediately have to stop, clutch in. I'm like, oh, this is going to be hard on the clutch because this clutch wasn't meant to be like, we're not meant to be going and stopping in this thing. This is one use out of the pits, go and do your lap in the two seater. And so we're going down the street and the, the police are going real slow. And I'm like, oh, I got to wait. I got to wait. But I don't want to like drop too far back. Just stop in the middle of the road, think something's broken and then go again. I swear, I think I start, I, the, the clutch started burning out about halfway through like a block and a half in. And I'm like, 
this is going to be tough if I can't make it to the to the event. Like big crowd of people coming, big surprise. It would be a real shame if I either didn't have a clutch and I just mowed into a ton of people there because all I could do was hit the brakes. That would have been a story. But it was a very slow operation. Did one final burnout into the little entry area and like did enough of a burnout with enough of the clutch to where then I even locked the front brakes coming to a stop. And I was like, all right, well, that was, that was, that was kind of a shame. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I wanted to do more. I really did. Yeah, but people but don't that was all she had. That's a rocket clutch, dude. Like that's not, I know. It's not a normal clutch. Not normal. No, it's not meant for the, it's not meant for a, a, a nice little cruise down Maryland street, yeah. downtown Indianapolis. <laughs> like it was definitely not meant for it. Um, but it was amazing. Like we got out of the car and Tyrese, I don't think, I don't think he knows where to go. Uh, he walked away and I was done and I was like, I got to go to practice. Like, right, like I was already missing practice. This is like about 6.45 ish. Practice started six to eight. It was six to 8 PM was the practice. And so I drive over to the Lucas Oil Stadium. We're having a little, little practice at Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, and I'm not gonna lie. I'm nervous. I'm a little nervous. I, I got, I don't know anyone. I'm not going with anyone. I'm just rolling solo. Uh, I get I get brought to the little practice arena. Uh, I got a little Sparco bag with like like shorts. I, I came dressed up like I have you know my long pants on that I did the the two seater event in, and uh, and I get to practice, and 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 they're already in like a full on scrimmage. Like we got we got people like 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 all everyone had like a team right. Like there was. You know, every person had like a social media guy or a social media uh, team or something, and I just see all these 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 humans. And I'm like, oh boy, everyone here is much cooler than me. Like it was giving off those vibes, and I didn't have a chance to warm up at all. They're like, go change in this closet bathroom and and like just get out there. And I'm like, all right, I I guess I'm I'm getting in. And our coach Shannon was not there, so it was basically we were we were being taught by. A couple like NBA specialists, uh, Jaime Jaquez Jr. was there too, who was in the dunk contest. Um, and this one guy who has like 2 million followers on Instagram for being a basketball like trainer. I don't know. I didn't know who he was, but um, seemed like a very nice fella. But like I I was basically just walked onto the court and was like, here's your team. And I'm like, uh, hey, everyone, like, so- sorry I'm late. And, and not a very like friendly vibe right out the gate. I'm like, oh boy, this is, I'm already hated upon, like the guy who can't come to practice, you know, on time, uh, yeah. and no time to warm up the body, right? Like the ankles are cold, everything's cold, and they're like, "All right, here we go, boom!" Flying around, and everyone's wearing like it's not like shirts and skins, right? So it's hard to tell, you know, team members. I don't know anyone on my team, so I'm like, uh, I think you're on my team. Long story short, it was so intense. And I think I got disrespected right out the gate because I wasn't warm. I, I like I got a bad pass and like it bounced off my hand and oh. and just there was there was not a lot of respect immediately in the streets there. It was it was, it was a tough scene. Sounds like your first it, day at school. Like you like you you oh. got to the new school. You went in. Uh, your the cliques are already together. Man, and they don't like. I mean, when you go in, you're already nervous. That little did they know though, the pressure was on intensely. I mean, you almost ran a car into a building possible. You know, I did. Yeah, I almost crashed into a bunch of innocent pedestrians, and then boom, here we are trying to practice with Micah Parsons and all these incredibly talented humans that I didn't right. know at the time. Now again, 
couple guys very friendly right out the gate but we're not we're not here to talk like we were here to ball you know yeah. what i mean so it was like boom straight into a scrimmage uh tried to interact with some people but realistically then our coaches like ran us through some drills and look i the drills i was locked in on yeah i think i got a little bit more respect in the drills but the Good. funniest part about i think celebrities is that like everyone has this like um not arrogance to them, but like a confidence to them, right? So like well, you know the basketball drills you ran in school where you had like four people on one side, four people on the other, you gotta do a shot, that person gets the rebound. And it's just it's a constant cycle of it, it should never be there shouldn't be all of a sudden seven people in one line. Right. Famous people cannot figure out lines. Like they just wanted to do whatever they wanted. It was like one person shot the ball, the other person rebounded. And then it started like one person shot and they're like, I'm going to shoot again. And then it, the, the line gets off. And then, so there was no, and, and the, the trainer too, he was like, how on earth do we keep losing these lines? Like what? Like, how do you guys no not formation. figure out? Ego has no We formation. can't figure out lines. No. Yeah. There's no formation. People are all over the place. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is, yeah, this definitely this sounds so like sad. a high school story. It definitely, oh, definitely yeah. sounds like it. That, that I just can't yeah. believe it. it sounds to me like, I mean, these, I mean, these guys were, you know, you. I feel like you went in with the frame of mind, like most. I was like, excited to have fun. Yeah. I thought we were laughing. I thought we were like, "Hey, guys, I'm not. I don't play basketball, but I'm here to have a great time." Right. Meanwhile, like Jennifer Hudson's like putting on the game paint, like she's ready to go, like she's a player now. You know, like that. Dude, these I, guys were players. I threw a basketball directly at Jennifer Hudson's face. Well, how, how did she? And I smart? felt, I felt so bad. Felt bad. Well, I, what did she say? I, we had just got a talking to about like bounce passes and like chest passes. And they're like, you got to deliver that ball. Like, like deliver it. And so I get under the rim, I get the ball and I chest pass it right to Jennifer Hudson's face. Now again, right where you need to catch it, but it bounced off her hands and, and thank God it didn't hit her in the face. But she looked at me like, like damn and i was like oh i and to be honest i i won't lie i didn't actually know it was jennifer hudson at the time okay i I didn't know i I assumed it i i assumed it was her but i I have never met jennifer hudson before she was in athlete mode you know i mean she's the air back all this stuff she's ready full athlete mode and i went up to her i was like i'm so sorry and immediately as after i passed the guy stopped julie's like now also remember know who you're passing to i'm like oh Fair. That's on me. No. I, I should not have maybe full speed chess pass directly to Jennifer Hudson, who also does not play basketball. So right. Uh, but uh, that from that moment on, I, I was like, "Hey, Jennifer, you know what? I am. I just want to let you know I'm sorry." And I, I just this is intense, and I just I was trying to respond to the intensity. You know what I mean? And, Sounds like you and I think challenge. She, I, I did. Yeah, it was fine. That's good. Um, but that was one of the funniest moments. I couldn't believe no one really seemed like very friendly at the time either. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know. Like, I don't know what to do. I don't really know who's on my team. I thought one guy was on my team. He was not. Um, and and there was just a, so much intensity. We were running flat out for two hours to like 8.15. I watched Micah Parsons and Stephen A. Smith go at it and then Stephen A. Smith fall on the ground. And he had, apparently there was a big story about how he had to go to the hospital the next day because of his ankle or something like that. I heard about I you. saw that happen. It was... And Micah Parsons was like super intense. He's like, we got to keep playing. I got to get my shots in. I got I got to work on things. And I'm like, look, I'm here. I'm ready to play. Mm-hmm. But Thursday night was when I left there. I was like, this is gonna be this is gonna be rough. Like this right. is gonna be a tough experience. 
part of what the our coaches were saying was like we're hey guys part about part of this game is is embracing your teammates understanding who each other are like doing all this i was like i haven't been talked to once i don't think i know who anyone is here like i i don't know what's going on so i went home thursday night and i'm like this is gonna suck <laughs> like oh, this is gonna be a tough experience and did you soak? Did you soak your muscles? Were you sore? I my ankles were already destroyed. Sure. I didn't get to warm up at all. Bad decision. Had to get the ankles warm. Uh, my ankles were destroyed. The shoes I were wearing were not were not treating me right. Um, oh. And so Friday, you know, we I, we show up about about three o'clock to the hotel, the Alexander Hotel downtown is where everyone kind of met. That's where all the celebrities were staying. I obviously live here, so I didn't have to stay there. But. Um, Things finally started to change. Things finally started to be, uh, the the vibes changed. Um, okay. I'm sitting there. I signed in. I was like, all right, I'm going to wait. I got a little free backpack, a free backpack full of goodies. I was like, this is awesome. Free stuff. We love free stuff. Uh, thank you to the NBA. Um, and uh, Lily Singh, who I did not know at the time, uh, she comes up to me. She's like, so I Googled everyone on the team, and I have a lot of questions for you. And I'm like, oh, all right, let, let's get into it. And boom, straight into IndyCar questions. And I was like, oh, cool. I, yeah, sure, talking, having a nice time. And I was like, did you think it was kind of really intense last night? And she's like, oh, my gosh. I thought I was the only one who thought it was a way too overly intense. And like, I feel like people wanted to kill each other out there. I was like, I thought the same thing, too. And so... We kind of bonded right out the gate. Her and no. her girlfriend, we, we, we all became great friends and just started talking. Hey, we're talking about life, motorsport, everything in general. And then more and more people started. Walker Hayes, the, the country music artist. Yes. Great guy as well. Very nice fellow. Started talking to him. And so now the vibes are going the right way. The, the, we're meeting the team. Quincy Isaiah, a good friend of mine. He's in the Lakers show. He played Dr. J, whatever, in the Lakers show. I think. Right. Or, or magic or something. I don't know. Um. But the vibes are now changing. Everything's going well. Um, and uh, and, and uh, AJ from the Backstreet Boys wearing all red. Red pants. Oh, wow. Red jacket. This guy looks like a complete star. And I couldn't believe I was, I was kind of talking to AJ from the Backstreet Boys. That's, you know I mean? Were you a Backstreet Boys guy? I was a huge Backstreet Boys guy. I went Absolutely. to the 2000 Millennium Tour when they came down to oh. the Superdome <laughs> on hoverboards. I'll never forget it. What a moment. What a moment. Yeah, amazing. And so it was definitely interesting to start kind of figuring out, all right, this, this night's going to go a certain way. It's going to be cool. Um, you know, people are dressed up for the red carpet. We show up to the red carpet. Boom, there's Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua apparently wanted to meet me. I was like, I'm a big fan of Puka Nakua. Whoa. No big deal. I drafted Puka Nakua in my fantasy draft. I read some articles. I I got in the weeds. I did some research. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? I drafted Puka Nakua like sixth round. And I told him that. And he's like, oh, hell yeah, man. Thank you so much. Like, that's sweet. And uh, great dude. I walked the red carpet right after C.J. Stroud and right before Puka Nakua. So hang the banner for that. Good That's reckoning. something I'm going to put on my wall. Uh, that'll never happen again in my life, ever. Uh, not once in my life will ever that, that never ever happen never. again. Never say never. You don't know. It sounds like you got a nice little huddle, like a, lot, a nice little <laughs> click now out of those guys. I mean, yep. you never know when it's an NBA street's going to kick up. You know what I'm saying? You never <laughs> know. You never know when they're going to want to just, you know, just throw the rock around. You're right. And so, boom. 
time to get time to get locked in. Time to go see. Uh, we to this point we had not seen a uniform. We had not seen like anything that we were going to get to wear. Shoes had no idea. So we get to the locker room, and again, this feels cool. This is like where they take those photos of the people like walking to the locker room. I did not get a, a walking photo, sadly. I didn't get one of those cool like walk-in photos that um, all the uh, the famous uh, players get. Um, but got in there and a uh, couple jerseys. <laughs> and first of all, that was also the uh, we just discovered what numbers we were. I didn't know I was going to be twenty-two. I thought I was going to be twenty-four, like my Indy five hundred number. Oh. I wanted to be twenty-four. Apparently that was taken by Jewel Lloyd, our WNBA player. Well, she obviously she deserves it right. over me. But twenty-two, still one of my favorite numbers. Um, but it was get in there. All right, oh, okay. I guess I should like. Can we warm up? Like we had like two, like about an hour and a half to the game, and uh, and I'm getting in there, and and Micah Parsons, giant fella, literally like looks like he could like he could snap off my femur and just eat it for breakfast like whatever he wanted to do you know what i mean yeah and uh we were all just like all right time to take time to get changed and go out there and warm up and sure enough i was like all right i put on my first jersey it's too small i'm like oh no they gave me a medium jersey instead of a large logistics terrible top notch i was like dang here we go but thankfully the spare jersey was a large so boom got it locked in got it tucked in Got the socks on, felt ready to go. Um, and we get out there way before the gates are even open, right? So we're just dribbling around. The court's all virtual, like it's crazy. Yeah. And we start warming up. We warmed up for like an hour and a half. We're all tired. We're like, we've all, we were just shooting balls. Like, bas- when you have a basketball in your hand, you got to shoot it, right? So we're what? out there just shooting balls. And we're like, hang on, we got to like maybe cool it down, cool yeah. it down a little bit. You, you got lost. But, you got uh, lost. You thought you were an NBA player. That's what happened. Everyone got lost, dude. Yeah, we ran out there. We had our, you know, had our, I had a headband on. I was feeling good. Very proud, by the way. Um, thank you. But yeah, it that night as well. It snowed so much in our town. It snowed so much downtown Indianapolis that like no one could get to the game on time. Like we, I felt so bad for for the crowd because you know when they opened up the gates, obviously a lot of people flooded in. Uh, Dylan Wang, our teammate, Dylan, he's big, big. Big Asian actor, like he's 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 big in 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 Asia. I I actually don't know much about Dylan, but very famous guy, very famous fella, um, and very nice guy. Translator, very nice guy. Does doesn't really speak English, but a lot of people were there right to see uh right, to see him right out the gate. Boom, Dylan Wang, that's our guy. Very cool, nice guy. Honestly, he was very good at basketball too. So yeah, mad respect to Dylan. Jennifer um, Dett fan. More than likely. Maybe. Um, yeah. Maybe. Um, but uh but yeah, so we get in there and people start rolling in. I'm like, man, this is pretty serious. Like this is like I, I love the NBA. I love going to basketball games. And we're down there just shooting around, doing whatever we want, drinking water, Gatorades, whatever it is. And uh and once it starts getting really crowded and and you start to kind of it's like, hey, all right, it's time for intros, you know. Mm-hmm. That was a cool moment. Like, we're in the hall. You're in. You're in the hall, right? And it's Micah Parsons, Puka Nakua, uh, C.J. Stroud. You got A.J. from the Backstreet Boys. You got all these fam- like all these super famous people and the most random things ever. And you know, WNBA players who are superstars. Took your number. And <clears throat> what? And took your number. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan took my number. Just gotta add but that in it, there. 
it was an amazing it was just it was an amazing um experience just to kind of like I will probably never get that again you know what I mean like hey we're going out on a on a real like basketball court you're doing intros with a crazy virtual screen you're walking out there I'm standing next to 50 cent for the national anthem That's like it's big. it it's Quincy Isaiah Micah Parsons 50 cent me and I'm like this might be a, this might be a great moment. It's the quad. Fifty squad. cents, you know, throwing a little shade at Stephen A. Smith. Fifty cents, walking over to maybe, uh, you know, throw a little, throw a few comments at the other team. Couldn't have been a nicer guy, um, but it was it it was a magnificent experience. Honestly, very very fun. Uh, but as soon as the game started, I could tell how it was going to go. Right, they put all the tallest people in first. Understand. Uh, and, and the superstars. So you had Lily Singh and Jennifer Hudson. Because if, if Lily was in, Jennifer had to be in, or vice versa. Um, and I was like, oh, man, I'm probably not going to get in this game. Welcome to the show. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't know if you got to watch, but it, it was uh, it was definitely a superstar show. I caught some highlights. Uh, which- I, I, I did that. I was on my way. I was trying to watch it. I was literally on my phone trying to get it pulled up because I was like, oh, my God, Like I need to watch this now. I need to see it. And then I start reading tweets, and I'm like, I'm I'm tweeting like uh, well not tweeting but I'm searching on X and I'm like Connor Daly I'm like what 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 is the trending what's happening I'm not seeing nothing I'm like I, please do not tell me Connor Daly breaks C J Stroud's leg yeah you were looking for something like that I heard you rebounded I heard you got some rebounds oh yeah so you have you have, I, you have stats so I, I don't want to describe every moment of the game but what happened was is Shannon Sharp pretty much just wanted to have the superstars in which I get it I get it because. Stephen A. Smith did the same thing, they but there was one moment we we were down. We were down in the game. We we were not leading, and I got put in. I got put in with Kai Sinat. I got put in with Dylan, uh, and and we we brought the team back. Hell yeah! Two rebounds, no big deal. An assist. I, I was I was a big guy in the paint. You know what I mean, I was board, trying dude. to get the. I did miss a shot. That's on me. I did miss a shot. That is my. I I didn't. It was it was a tough. Angle was tough. It was just everything about it was tough. But when I got taken out of that game, I was like, there's no shot. I'm going back in here. And it was a bit of a shame, but it was such a fun, it was a rush, right? It was an adrenaline rush, but there's no defense being played. So all you're doing is sprinting up and down the court. Like we're literally just sprinting. Yeah. And I got in the game for a second time, but that's only because I just walked onto the court. Like I, I... like there, oh. Shannon was like trying to figure out who he wanted to play, and there were four only four people out there, and I was like, I'm just going on, and so I, yeah. I just walked onto the court. That's right. And you so do. I did eventually. He eventually realized that I was out there, and so he was like, Next time out, I'm getting this guy out forever. But it did give me a chance to get in the paint again. It gave me the it gave me the chance for the assist, I believe, or or the fast break play that we started. Uh, it was like a half an assist. It was like I passed it to the guy who passed it to the other guy who then made the basket. You know what I mean? You were the spice in so, the pot. Like that's that's what we would call it down yep. here in Louisiana. You know, you were you were you know you were the little sprinkle that kick started the root. Like that's exactly what you, that's what you did. And see, it started from the very beginning of the week, Kyle. You know, you get <laughs> in the car, you're late to practice. They don't see what's happening behind the scenes. You went out there exactly. and said, Shannon, listen, I'm coming. I'm gonna walk onto this court and I'm gonna do my job. And you did just walked literally just walked onto the court and 
I was proud of that one. I was proud of that moment. Not gonna lie. Oh yeah. Uh, Pat McAfee was like commentating at that point. Like it just, it just felt, it just felt cool. Everything about it was. I could just um, that. was an ama- amazing experience. Uh, you know, I, I, I could, I, I, I tend to talk a lot, but we won the game. Uh, we obviously won the game. Lily and I both didn't go in for like the entire second half. Poor Quincy Isaiah. Uh, he, he only he went in on the first quarter. He never went in the rest of the game. I was like. I thought the whole point of the celebrity game was to like rotate everyone in like kind of equal time. Yeah, because like we all dedicated our time there. They were like, like we all dedicated our time to like be there. You know what I mean? But that was that was not the case. So it was a bit of a shame we didn't get to play more. But we we got on the stat sheet. That was the goal. A lot of people were asking for triple doubles, double doubles. It's like no. I think I played maybe a total of two minutes and got on the board with a couple rebounds and assists. So. I'll take it. You're on the record. You know I mean, I, I, I will take it. Uh, we got the win, too. To win was a great feeling. It was very, very exciting. Hang the banner. I'd like to create a mini banner. Hang the banner. Celebrity champ. Okay. No big deal. Um, trophy celebration. I'm sitting right next to Lil Wayne. I'm like, oh, oh, there's there's Lil Wayne. He is a smaller fella. He's a small guy. Wait. Small guy. Yeah, Weezy F baby, right? That's like he's, he's a, Yeah. Yeah. My man. Uh, great. Seemed like a very nice fella. Um, and, and it was kind of crazy just walking around in the celebration because like you have so many superstars out there, people trying to take pictures of everyone. It was, it was just nuts. And, and I, and I, I will never forget that experience. I think it was, it was something that, um, was very, very special. I I think a lot of people I was trying to tell about the Indy 500, you know what I mean? A lot of people now have a lot of respect for the Indy 500, I hope. Not from my playing basketball, but just me sharing stories, I hope. it's all the stats. It's all from the stats. All the stats Mm -hmm. on the stat sheet. But, but yeah, after Friday night, pretty much went to a Zed concert after that, which I love Zed. He's he's the man. We had a great time. Um, And then got ready for Saturday. We We did the Saturday skills competition. So, it was uh it was a it was a big night Friday night. Do you have do you have any post post game summary for me and anything, Bobby? Did you watch as well? Did you did you have a good time watching? I did, I did. I definitely had the game on full blast on the big screen. Had oh, to nice. Take a little video when you came out during the introductions. <laughs> so you got, it was you got a, it a big big moment. You were uh, you were a rebounding machine, Connor. Thank you. Some people did say that, and I don't want to. I, I I was. Just wanted more time. The Dennis That's Rodman all. of IndyCar. Rebounding machine. There you go. Connor Daly. There he you is. go. I'm I'm gonna we're gonna have to make a highlight reel for Connor. Just prom I I'm like I'm gonna make a promise. If this ever happens again, whether it be in any other professional sport that's not racing, I'm gonna find a way to be there. And we're gonna put together just the ultimate compilation of high video. But like it has to end with like the Breakfast Club. Like <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Like you gotta I love do that. It. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Well, yeah, I, so so that was kind of crazy, and I and I know, you know, I know I talk a lot. This is a podcast, but there was so much. I, I like to go into detail, but the the Saturday night, um, you know, Saturday night's kind of a fall. Sunday night, we just, you know, we went to the game. 
we did our thing. But but the NBA, I, I have to say that they treated us so well. You know, Saturday night we go we go to a three point competition and a dunk competition. Me and my manager Andrew, we're sitting on the floor. We had no idea where our seats were. Right, like we just we showed up to the hotel. They take us all there, shuttle us in, and I'm sitting next to EJ Speed from the Colts and Vivica A. Fox. I'm like, yeah, all right. Well, that's crazy. Bill Murray's sitting across from me. I'm like, that's Bill Murray. Chris Tucker from all the Rush Hour movies sitting right to my left. And I love Chris Tucker. I was like, this is this is incredible. Um, so much about so much about it was like, this is. I don't think I deserve to be here, but it was it was one of the most fun experiences ever. Just watching the three point competition. Uh, getting to see Victor Wimbanyana stand, stand, stand right in front of me because he's just insanely tall. Um, the perspective and, being on court side, like oh, when you do that, like crazy. Dude, I, I've sat once at a Pelicans game, okay, and just being down there, like I, I want to say, I can't remember who it was, like Zion comes by, and it's like I felt like I was in the Bible, like David and Goliath. Yeah. Like I felt <laughs> like that's what it was like when you were there, <laughs> just like watching them go by. And I'm just like, what was it, Reddick? J.J. Uh, Reddick was on the Pelicans yep. at that time. Like, and, and, and when you're up top, you know, I'm like, oh, that guy's like my height. You know, you got to have that one guy that you're like, that makes you feel a little bit better about your legs and how long they are. No, no, didn't nope. get a chance. It was just straight David and Goliath all day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so Saturday, we, we you know, we, we have a great time. You know, all that stuff happens, three-point competition, and, and obviously – Straight into the after parties. Like, let's get out there. Let's get out in the streets a little bit, see what's going on. We got to go to a Steph Curry event. And this is all not through me. This is all through the more famous people that I met from the weekend. Lily Singh and her publicist. I tell you what, having a publicist seems cool. I don't know what that's like, but her publicist, Marlo, might have been like anywhere we wanted to go. She's like, yep, we got it. What's as many people as you want. I was like, oh, well, this, this lady is incredible. And so we walk into Steph Curry's party and we're, we're having cocktails with Steph Curry for a little while and just having a nice time. Steph Curry, legend. I showed him a picture of the 2016 Sonoma IndyCar race where his wife was the Grand Marshal. We took a picture with him and he's like, oh my gosh, that is many years ago. I said, yes, I was driving in the race. I know it doesn't look like it now. I have a beard, but uh, just want to say, appreciate you. That was, was cool. You, you know what I mean? Like, I appreciate you. Yeah. What is that? I have a beard now. I don't know what that means. Yep. But, uh, but, and, and we go to this, so the next party we go to, um, Tyrese Halliburton's party, I got to give him credit. This was, uh, there's this, the place that it was used to be a bar called Tiki Bob's. It is now not Tiki Bob's. It's now like the Meridian room and it's, it's, uh, it's been redone. It's, it's very nice, but I tell you what, we got there and it's 20 degrees outside. Me and me and my boys, we walked there. It was me. Uh, Sir, great singer, uh, Quincy Isaiah, um, and and a couple and uh, Gianmarco, who was the Italian high jumper. Also, that he should not be allowed to play at a basketball game. He could nope. he could dunk from the free throw line, like it was absurd. A high jumper is crazy. Trampoline for um, but great group of people, and and we get there the same time as Trey Young and Kai Sinat, and I'm like, oh boy, you know when you're trying to get into a place that's already you know. It's list only, and you got to have you know, Trey Young. Oh, okay, those are much more famous people than me. So we eventually get in. Eventually, yeah, after we stand outside freezing, we we did get help. It was very nice, but we get in there, and the amount of human beings at this party, I was like, this is for Indianapolis. I'm just an Indianapolis kid, right? So yeah. like, 
I'm used to maybe if I go to the bar downtown, I see a guy I went to high school with maybe and like my cousin. All right. You know, like like that's that's the crowd. Maybe, you know, if, if you're lucky, you see uh, Colton Herta, yeah, but 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 only, you know, but, but maybe not anymore. Maybe he's maybe he's out of the you know, he's out of the he doesn't drink anymore. He's trying to win a championship. I don't know. Only if he's jamming. Yeah. Only if he's jamming. Right. And so we go in there and it's like, there's Lil Wayne. There's 50 Cent. Mm. There's two chains. There is Trey Young. There's Kevin Durant. There is uh, Tyrese Halliburton. There is uh, Miles Turner. There is um, basically an insane amount of people that I was like, this yeah. this is all in like one little spot. And I am in here. I was like, I don't I don't understand this at all. And then I got I got like a tap on the shoulder. I was like, hey, uh, like you should meet like Mark Cuban's people. And I was like, excuse me, Mark Cuban is here. Like that is absurd. And I get brought over, and all of a sudden, hey, this Mike Mark, this is Connor. He's like, oh man, like great to meet you. And I'm like, great to meet you. This is Mark. Like, this is incredible. I I love. I mean, Mark Cuban. I've seen him on the television. He was in Entourage, one of my favorite shows of all time. Uh, great. He's in the Entourage movie too. Like, I mean, I obviously Mark Cuban is a legend. Yes. And I he, he like he we had such a, an amazing interaction. And I, I couldn't believe it. And he was also with that girl, you know, Bobby Altoff, that that lady who has the podcast that interviews really people yes. really awkwardly. Yeah, like she was in the bed with Drake and interviewed him, yeah, and yeah, like she just interviewed like Wiz Khalifa. It was very awkward conversations. Yeah, and I was like, because you see those clips, like I've seen the clips of, of she's her the show. Zach Galifianakis like, of females, like it's like between yeah. two ferns. Yeah, yeah, that's her whole and thing. So I was awkwardness. Like, and and again, she did kind of seem like that in real life too, because I was like, "Oh, oh hey, how's it going? Like, I've I've seen a lot of your like clips. Like, I, I like congrats on your success." And she just kind of like looks at me, and I'm like, "All right, well, great to see you too." Worked out. And uh, <laughs> but Mark Cuban couldn't have been a nicer guy. He was like, "Hey man, yeah, we gotta like come come hang out with us after." And then the whole mix up, I'm like, "Oh, I don't like. Should I have asked for Mark Cuban's phone number? I I don't know. Oh yeah, you know what I mean? like yeah, it's hard to know." It's it's a nervous moment, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it's tough. I understand. So, I, I I definitely would say I understand. You you got to find a way, you know. If you, especially if you're vibing, you know, and you got and you got the boys. and we were vibing. You yeah, Marker. It, say, it seems like y'all are the boys now. It's just like, oh, dude, let me show. You. Oh, I'm gonna send you this. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, I send. You know, there you go. Like, you know, we'll, you get in there. I'm telling you, Mark. We're gonna get him into racing. I like this. Yeah, Mark. No, he, he's he's an Indiana racing. guy. He loves the Indy 500, he's, and 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 we did resolve this matter. The next day at the All-Star game, I, I saw his guys. Like, he has, he obviously, you got a, a, cause some dudes, right? You got some guys mm -hmm. on your team, right? Got to have it. And I was like, hey, man, I know Mark said, like, to come hang afterwards, and I just, I didn't exchange any information with someone. I, I you know, I happened to send him a message on Instagram, but if you, if you feel like, just let him know, like, hey, I'd love to connect. And then apparently his people told him he he, he followed me back on the Instagram yeah. when we started interacting on the Instagram, and I felt like that was a win win for the weekend. Now, I would have been liked I would have liked to have been racing in Daytona. Obviously, we did not have any sponsorship for that. But now we're talking to Mark Cuban. I hope so. I you know I, nice guy, great interactions. Um, that was the summary of the whole weekend. Like I like th that whole weekend was an amazing connection hub. It was like just it was just so many uh, positive interactions for my brand. I think positive interactions for IndyCar for the Indy 500. Um, 
and and so many more people now more curious about the IndyCar series, more curious about IndyCar. And all I was doing was I've invited everyone to the Indy 500, every single person on my team, every single person on the other team, because all those people have a good following. They have a good fan base. They have fans that might not know about IndyCar. So no, I, I think the weekend was a was a resounding success. Uh, there was a lot of very funny moments. Um, and I, I, yeah, I, I, I think Indianapolis did a great job. I'm very proud of our city. Um, and, and, and very thankful for the NBA and all the folks that were involved because it was, it was a tremendous time, a fantastic time. See what that, fact. what that was right there. That, that was, that was an epic. Like that was like the Iliad, you know what I mean? Like, that <laughs> is that was, what it was? <laughs> that's what that was. That was like a Connor Daly NBA all-star, uh, you know, Iliad, uh, epic. So that was an epic tale. Uh, that was, I might've talked a lot, no. but there was a lot to talk about. There and was. I wanted to There's share some of- funny moments. Because a lot of this time, too, I feel like I shouldn't be there. I'm, I'm not one who thinks of myself as a celebrity or anything like that. You're just a guy. So, just having a good time. you know, to be there, I just li- I like sharing it with folks because I think, you know, I-, I find it funny. Like, this is something that I'm like, this is kind of a crazy moment to be, like, getting to do this stuff. I- I'm a fanboy of other sports, of movies, of television. So, right. for me, I'm like, hey... I, I I would like to hear about this from someone else too. Like if like if you Chase got to do so like got to do a crazy experience that like I will probably never get to experience. I'm like, hey, tell me about it. Like I want to hear about it. Exactly. So. What you realize over time is like it's just it's just you know guys being bros kind of thing. It's everywhere. Yep. It's just happening everywhere. <laughs> and then once you realize that, it's just like you know the world gets a little bit brighter, and you're just kind of like, all right, like this is cool. Like <laughs> now, like you know, yeah, you didn't get to race in the 500. But you're vibing with Mark Cuban. That's kind of, you, you know, I wouldn't say it. Maybe it's, like, not comparable. But, I mean, it's close. Like, that's kind of close for people. Yeah. You know? Exactly. So I would say that much. I would think for me, personally, if, if I could have been there with you, I, I would have definitely been trying to, like, get Lil Wayne to do some skateboard tricks. I would have wanted yeah. to see a little bit more of, of the wild side of Wheezy F Baby, um, you know, to get that to come out. The 50 Cent thing. It's pretty wild. I would have asked him about his b- recent beef with Rick Ross. Um, really yep. curious to know how that's going. Um, you know, so just kind of like, you know, you know, a nice little catch up, like in the neighborhood, you know, like kind of doing yep. it like that, making the rounds. But all in all, yeah, that was a uh, that 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 was a I would say <laughs> that weekend gets like a nine point nine. That's a nine nine. That's it was a big high. weekend. Yeah. Big weekend. Um, so, yeah, I I. I know I, t- I talked a lot about that, but I, that's that, I just wanted to share. This is the reason why we have a podcast. We can tell unique stories. It's for talk. At one point as well, I don't know, uh, th- there, there was a conversation that took place that I almost videotaped at the, at the game on Sunday. Bill Murray and 2 Chains were sitting next to each oh other. Oh, my God, dude. Bill and Murray. they were having a conversation. I was like, I would love to know what this conversation is about. I I. I would. I just want to know. Like it was one of my favorite things to kind of just look, look at them, just vibing. And I was like, talk about two very massively popular individuals from probably two different eras, essentially. And just hey, we're just living out here at the at the NBA All Star Game. So Bill Murray, two chains, apparently good friends. I don't know. That would like be it. my nervous factor, like with Bill Murray. <laughs> like there are certain like for me, like I don't really get nervous meeting people, but like there are definitely like people that are way older than me. Like, my list yes. is kind of short. It's like, Bill Murray is definitely one of them. Like, Jim Carrey is going to be one of them. 
Uh, you know, a lot of the older comedians, I would say. But then, like, exactly. it, it doesn't go too, too deep. It's just the impactful folks. What I will say, though, about <laughs> 2 Chains that I've learned, 2 Chains seems like he's definitely, like, a deep side. Kind of like when Lil John tricked us, thinking that oh. he wasn't smart, but he was really smart. Dave Chappelle <laughs> brought that out of him. And I will say that... With Bill Murray and Two Chains, that I mean that they could have been talking about like you know like collaboration like, the theory of relativity or something. Oh yeah, you know, maybe. Like, Bill Murray's definitely like he's just out of the box guy. Great, I love it. Space Jam, undefeated. <laughs> he retired oh. a winner. I feel like you Man. can say the same kind of now. You've retired. You were on the stat sheets. You retired from the NBA. A win, you know, a winner. So like I mean, we put you, up numbers. Y'all are in the same. We put up group, numbers. Very small club. You're in it with Bill Murray. <laughs> Yeah, so that was, that, I I feel like I could go on and, and tell more stories, but a lot um, of racing though. But you know, there 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 might be for another day. But that was, uh, you know, to get to do all that was was an amazing thing. I'm thankful for, and and we got to get to some racing news. Um, so we'll so we'll we'll ride straight into the IndyCar news. Uh, there was a lot that happened. Um, you know, we we got the official word of David Malukas's injury, of course, and we got the official wording that. Uh, Callum Eilat, obviously first choice there. That was that was pretty much, you know, we had talked about that a little bit on the show. That was pretty much what was going to happen. Uh, but so far, they've only confirmed him for a test. Uh, and there's a lot of test days in these next uh, two weeks, actually. They're, they're at Homestead literally as we talk right now. Uh, so he's going to get his first taste of the McLaren stuff, also doing a little bit of a hybrid test as well. Uh, and there's also, as you'll hear about in the Mike Shank interview as well, there's a big test at Sebring next week also. So um, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, I, I, I don't, I don't think I'm fully out of the conversation. When you look at David Malukas's time off, it says officially six weeks, right? Now, if everything goes well, I'm sure that time could reduce. There's only two races that fit in that time period, right? So you've got St. Pete and you've got the thermal race. Now, luckily for that entrant number, uh, car number six or whatever number he is, there's only one points race. So thermal, I mean, they could put in a clown for all they wanted, like like because it doesn't, you know, all all it is is a money race, right? So like so the money, you know, it really only means the most to the driver essentially. Like I'm mean, sure the team would want it too, but either way, if you're putting in a new guy, it's going to be tough. Um, but you know, I'd say hey, put in Kyle Larson if you want to. Um, I would love to drive the car there. I would love to drive the car at St. Pete, but I I just I see them definitely wanting to get a. You know, wanting to get an idea on Callum, that that makes the most sense to me, uh, only because I know that I think they have a good relationship. But we'll see. So stay tuned to that camp. Um, you got to think about it as one race that really only means uh, something points-wise, and then the thermal race is just kind of like a toss-up. I mean, they could put in anyone they wanted there because realistically, it's just a money race. So yeah, pretty interesting. Yeah, any word on that, Chase? Any, any what, what does your uh, wrist surgery notes tell you? No, I mean, like I, I would say, like on a serious note, I would say that, like with, with Callum, like having that test be done, I think that it's, uh, I think that the All Star race could make sense for him. But with the points race too, like if they did want to go with a little more veteran experience, they wanted to go with something like that. You know, the, the phone's there. I don't necessarily think you want to put a clown in the car. I mean, how strong are the clown's <laughs> forearms? That's a good question. I, you know, can the, it's a good can, question. Can he handle no power steering? And will they even allow yeah. him in Thermal Club? Um, exactly. Those are questions Probably not. to ask. Um, the Kyle Larson one, that that's a, that could be cool. I mean, 
I think that would be funny. All, but I, I th- I'm fairly sure NASCAR is racing that weekend. I, yeah. I think they've got a race every weekend now from now on. That's what I was about to say, too. It's like, it was so funny. I got to watch that clip. I don't know if you've seen it where it's Joey Logano sitting with uh, Charles Leclerc and he's sitting with, uh, with uh, like, not, not Fred. I don't know why, why I'm spacing. Carlos Sainz. And they're playing yeah. poker. And he says, yeah, we race, you know, 36 races a year. And, and, and Leclerc's like, what? What? Yeah. Like he's freaking <laughs> out. So yeah, it's uh they 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 grind. They be grinding. They got a lot of races. But yeah. uh but yeah, I think that uh you know it's cool. I'm learning a little bit more about Callum. I look to learn more about him going into this year. And uh yeah, anytime you see young guys coming into the fold, that's exciting stuff, man. That's the next generation. Good driver. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's a good driver. Um and uh we got another little just a quick driver announcement news. Takuma Sato running with RLL. Uh, Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan, where he obviously won the 500 with that team. Uh, this was kind of a, I think a lot of people expected him to s- maybe go to coin at some point. Again, Dale Coin Racing, still two TBA uh, entries. I could see that seat now being split up between several different people. Um, I could see it being, you know, basically, I, I don't think Dale's going to do it like one race at a time, but I, I have no idea what they're going to do with both cars. I, I, I really don't. Um, but one car I could see, you know, I could see Sato run the 500 with Ray Hall and then maybe do the other ovals with, with DCR. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, but Dale's going to have a lot of decisions to make. Um, I know Jack Harvey is, is very close to that camp and, and I, I expect to see Jack, um, in there for at least a couple races. I, I think he's got a, a decent amount of support, uh, at least enough to do a couple races, uh, no one has a full budget right now. It's just, that's just not, there's no one with, with proper money. Um, you know, do we see Benjamin Peterson show up? A lot of people have kind of forgot about that name, but, uh, you know, Benjamin Peterson might show up again on the radar. I don't know. Sure. Um, so there's a lot going on there, but Ray Hall and, and Sato, that, that combination just goes together really well. Um, and then I think big IndyCar news that a lot of people talked about was the Nashville season finale. Nashville moving to the Oval. Uh, the Nashville Oval that NASCAR currently races on, uh, that IndyCar used to race on as well. Um, I put out a tweet about this. I am I am a big fan of this. Um, I, I, I hate to see the fact that Nashville, the street course, is going away for this year because I think there's a lot of people that put a lot of money and a lot of effort into that. However, it's... If it if it's not going to work properly, it's probably good to not force it to work. So, you know, I I, I love I love that they just didn't cancel it and like put another Indy GP race. Oh, in, right. Yeah. We've seen that before where a race gets canceled and we just add an Indy GP race. So that is what I am most happy about with our leadership and everyone that worked together is that they're like, hey, we're still going to Nashville. We got an oval. Let's go there. You know what I mean? We don't True. have Texas this year. So the Indianapolis 500 was the only race where we would have used the super speedway wing package. This is going to be a super speedway package. Um, so I'm a big fan of it. And it being the last race of the year, I want to convince Dennis Reinbold to be like, hey, Dennis, 500 goes well. Let's just keep those wings on the car. Let's just run it at Nashville. You know what oh. I mean? Like, I, oh. I I love the idea of, a, of, of IndyCar going to Nashville. Uh, the Oval, I, I, I hope it's promoted properly. I do hope people give it a chance and people will come to the race um, because that is going to be much tougher than going downtown Nashville to a race. The, you know, the racetrack's about 40 miles outside of downtown, so 
I don't know. I, I'm is, excited about it. I, I love oval racing. IndyCar I, needs more ovals. I think the fan reception, the, the fan response to that, I think was way more positive than I expected it to be, and I'm happy about that. Yeah, no, that's what I was going to say. I had I have a, a few people that I know that were getting, you know, they were a little bummed at the fact that it wasn't going to be on the street. But when you really look at the bigger picture of what this means for IndyCar, you uh. can't do anything but applaud it. Because right now, IndyCar is at a point to where, yeah, we want it to grow. We want to see more people get involved. In me, especially like with someone like me coming over from, you know, the NASCAR side. I think what makes IndyCar different from all forms of racing has to be the fact that you have this type of car racing on an oval. That matters, and that is something to put in a championship. Uh, Putting that in a championship weekend is going to be something that could drive views through the roof. Uh, I think not, it's awesome. And not only that, but just getting more people there and developing connections with Nashville Super Speedway to keep that race there, possibly. Maybe there's two yes. races there, the street course and the oval. The possibilities oh. are endless, but I think that this is a great starting point. Very proud of of this move, and I'm a big advocate and always will be for more ovals in IndyCar. I agree. No, I'm right there with you. And um, I, I think as long as we can get people to the event, you know, that was our big problem at Texas. We got to market it correctly. We got to get, and, and the Music City GP folks, they do a lot of, they, they, they do great marketing. So, you know, I have, I have confidence that they'll do the best that they can. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that, that I think was a big news nugget. And uh, I'm glad that, I'm glad that we didn't have to go back to like the Indy GP to finish off the season. I'm glad we're finishing on a, on a, on a high speed oval, and uh, and obviously speaking of high speed ovals, let's just do a quick detour to Daytona real quick. We've pretty much covered all the IndyCar news. Um, there's a lot going on, and a lot will continue to go on this week after some tests. Um, but Daytona happened, and last year our biggest show of the year was after Daytona because I got to do the Daytona 500 and. It was kind of wild to uh, to watch it this year um, after you know after having got to experience it last year. Um, you know, sad to see the rain delay. Of course, you know you had the Arca race and the truck race uh, that all happened. Those were crash fests, um, which was kind of a shame. I talked to Marco Andretti a little bit after the race. Uh, he had a good race going, but then he got involved in an accident as well. Um, you know, the, I, I definitely I, I I told him I said there does seem to be a lot of lack of thought in some of the moves in, in some of those races in the truck and Arca race. But I thought the same thing in the Xfinity race too. There's a lot of moves where it's like, you know, everyone looks like they're almost trying to crash. And the cup race I thought was definitely more, uh, more put together. Uh, the last laps are going to be chaos no matter what. Um, but, uh, but, but to kind of pay attention to how that race goes now that I've done it, uh, you know, we, we were not in a competitive vehicle, um, but, but, but we still got to experience a lot of it. And especially at the beginning when we were running with the pack kind of on, on the same pace, uh, you know, it, it, it was very cool. And to see William Byron get it, you know, good for him. I, I don't know William, uh, really at all. I, I would have liked to have seen my boy Corey LaJoy get it. The Chili's wagon. We talked about the margarita machine. Um, you know, Corey LaJoy almost had it. He got into Austin Cindric there. You know, Austin kind of moved up and he moved to the bottom and then he, they saved it. But then Chastain... That was kind of a worst possible case scenario situation there. Um, and 
And those cars, when you get to the rear bumper of the car in front of you, uh, that means you've already broken through the wall of air and, and, and um, you know, it, it can be pretty sketchy as soon as you get uh, rubbed the wrong way, as they say. Um, but, uh, but overall, exactly. But overall, I think, you know, hate, hate it for NASCAR that they had the, the rain delays. You had to have the, the Daytona 500 and then the Xfinity race uh, late at night, um, Monday night, uh, which I watched as well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, what was your impression of the Daytona weekend? You're a big NASCAR guy. Yeah. So I have a few notes, obviously just to talk about what you're saying with the trucks and Xfinity, like I would be in ARCA too. Like I, I do think that it's just, there's there, there you're going to have lack of experience and, and that's really yes, always going to be your big, some young folks. Yeah. And whenever you, you know, when that's allowed, when you, depending on who your mentors are, if the teams are just kind of like, hey, get out there and try to get it, you know, and you got young kids that want to make their name and they want to make, you know, things big, they're going to do those kind of things. Like you see, like a good buddy of mine, Raja Kruth, you saw Bubba, like kind of pull him and just kind of give him like a little, like, what were you thinking? You know, like, what are you doing? And the thing about Raja is, is like, he's one of those guys where he's going to listen and he has good people in his corners. Uh, you know, we, I want to see him do well. I want, uh, and the people that are around him want to see him do well. So it's like, not everybody yeah, I may like have that. And so, yeah, it's, it's weird for me because like, I don't watch as much trucks and Xfinity as I used to because of that. Like I am really a cup guy through and through. And that, that, that's what I choose to put my time on. Now there were some like notable things, like obviously Frankie Munez, he got to hit the Xfinity. Yeah. That's cool. Frank the Tank. Shout out to Frankie. You know, Malcolm's Malcolm's back. One of the only uh, Xfinity drivers to ever have a photo taken with Tupac. I think that's something to note. Um, <laughs> also, uh, another really cool note about William Byron's face. Now, I do like some Benjamin Bill. I'm not going to lie. Benjamin Bill, great guy. You know, he's, you know, had some good times with him, you know, on the, uh, you know, like, like Al Chunder. You know what I mean? So. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, in the streets. A, yeah, out there in the streets of Benjamin Bill, you know, Martinsville, great times. Now Daytona, he's a champion. One thing I thought was cool about that is that uh, he tied Petty, I think Hendrick tied Petty Enterprises for most Daytona 500 wins. So that's a go. cool little notable right there. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of controversy. I'm not going to dig deep in it because of the finish. There always is. People are always mad. Yep. People are happy. Who who cares? Go for it. Yeah, um, it's over. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's over. That's fine. Austin Hill won Xfinity, and um, and, and I Austin think- Hill always looked like he was going to win that race. By the way, that that car, those RCR cars, are so fast. Uh, he's he's with RCR, right? Yeah, he he is with RCR. RCR but yeah, the, Sheldon the Creed. Of, Sheldon Creed had the twenty-one and the three. Down. Yeah, yeah, but the the twenty-one and the three car worse. Even the three car, uh, jo- or, um, the, the love fella, uh, Jesse Love. Jesse Love. Yeah, Jesse Love. That car had no front end on it, and it was still like leading the pack. Like it was so fast. So they build really fast super speedway cars. Um, but uh, I was happy for Austin Hill. Uh, I, I think that like that that race was was definitely um, that was kind of wild at the end. Big big crashes, a lot of crashes all the way through. I don't know if it's this is an interesting question. Now again, NASCAR Twitter, I'm sure could argue this for me, but um, dangerous place there, <laughs> but. But I, I think we've, we're in an era where, like, NASCAR, there's always been a lot of contact. There's always been a lot of, you know, wrecks and stuff like that. Big, 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 big famous accidents and, and crazy driving. And, hey, we're going to, you know, take what you get, you know, take what's yours. Right. But, um, but the, I would say that it looks like the standard of racing is almost 
just kind of decreased a little bit, I would say, in the lower series, whether both Arca all the way through the Cup Series, or not the Cup Series, through Xfinity. I think the Cup Series, when you watch that race, they're definitely more manageable of their equipment. I think because the cars are much more expensive now, too, the new Cup cars. Um, but the Xfinity cars and the truck guys uh, and girls, like, I don't know. And again, I want to try to do some truck races, but you see a lot of contact that is almost... Uh, there's a lot of desperation. Now, again, sometimes that stuff pays off. I get that. But I, I do wish the standard of driving, you know, you can still race and not like wreck everyone. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, there's still only one winner all the time. But if you want to wreck more often than win, I, I, I don't, I don't know how that works. You know what I mean? So maybe there, maybe there should be a, you know, a, a better, just a little bit higher of a standard or, or, and, and again, NASCAR doesn't hand penalties out to drivers really for for driving offenses that much. Uh, if anything, you know, it's just fines and stuff like that. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't think you can really change the system too much. But I, I would like it so where, you know, the, some of the younger folks in the series, you know, weren't just having to get in and try to wreck someone to win something. I mean, now, again, you got to do what you got to do to win. I, I completely understand that. But uh, But a lot of the times it looks kind of like, it doesn't look great when everyone is wrecked and like the, the you know the person who finishes eighth has nothing left on his car except a tire. You know what I mean? Like right. it, it's, it's I don't know. It, I, I love that. I watch every race. I watch every race, so I, I don't I don't mind. But sometimes I'm like I I enjoy the green flag finishes so much on these super speedways that I just wish there was more of it. That's all. Yeah, and the cup, cup's starting to show a little bit more of that, too, which I, I forgot to also mention, shout the Ford front ends look so good now. Like, just they look so nice and flush and clean. But what what you're saying, like, it, it means something, right? Because, like, let's look. Let's look at SVG, right? He's coming in. He's, from an, he's an outsider. You would be coming in from IndyCar doing some of these races. You're an outsider. And then when you see the guys and the girls that are in there all the time, it's like if you you kind of feel like you're coming into this party where you you're in this familiar group and this familiar understanding of how racing is, and it's almost like there's like this like lack of care when when it comes to being there, especially for a weekend like Daytona weekend. Like for me, yeah. I think that's where I'm starting to understand and see it a lot clearer now. Is that you know maybe it's not a situation where you have to look at it like the the system it's more of just a mentality of the people that are within that system and if yeah. there is a, a, a respect factor that needs to be you know replenished so I, I think that that's what matters most because that's what keeps people from wanting to compete in those series it's like you have to have a little bit of that moral and a little bit of that camaraderie where you're like, I'm going to respect my fellow guy out here. Respect, but yeah. I'm also respect is a big do, word. Yeah, it is. It is. But but it's like it's like I'm also going to do what it takes for me to win if I'm in the situation. So it's a lot of fine lines that need to be just kind of like pushed down and really create yeah. what that line is. And uh, yeah. it's just going to take time. And, and I don't know how, when or how we got away from it from like the years of like you know the '90s when you had like Hornaday and. You know, yeah. guys like that. So it's like, how do you get to that? So Jack really, Sprague. Shout yeah. out to Jack Sprague. Great mustache, yeah. by the way. Um, but also, like, the, I think part of the chaos that happens in Daytona with the trucks, there's only 32 trucks entered for Atlanta. Like, that's not a full field. So, yeah. you know, I don't know if that's just because they all wrecked all of them in Daytona, but but yeah, I would say that's right. concerning. That's concerning, right? Like, that's yeah. not, like, that's not, like, I would have thought in the NASCAR world right now, I mean, 
just to fill the field like that, you know, they give out a lot of prize money to fill, like to be a part of those races, right? So, you know, if people aren't willing to even show up, now again, you don't want to, like, obviously there, there are going to be some slower teams, but the fact that there are only 32 cars showing up to Atlanta right now, I mean, that's that's kind of surprising. And then maybe that's because they all, you know, wrecked every single truck in the field in uh, at Daytona. I don't know. I'll leave it at this. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's a little too open. And maybe it needs uh, it needs a little more respect. Maybe it's a little too open. Needs so, a little hair. more respect. It's all. Don't take it for granted so much because there's a lot of people on the outside of it that wish they could be in that situation. Don't create a bad environment yeah. for for people that are wanting to help to grow those series inside of NASCAR. Exactly. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So there's 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 a there's all of our racing news I think recently I I, I um I'd love to get to our interview with Mike Shank uh, Michael yeah. Shank he is a it's a it's a great chat and uh, and I, I do hope you guys enjoy it um, so uh, here is the co-owner of Meyer Shank Racing uh, Michael Shank. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this week we are very, very honored to have a, an extremely successful guest, uh, a man who I have had the joy of, of being employed by briefly, uh, a man who owns, co-owns technically, a, a very successful racing team. Uh, and I don't know if this is correct, the 1989 SCCA Ohio Valley Region's Novice Driver of the Year <laughs> and... <laughs> Three-time yeah. IMSA champion, yeah. Three-time yeah. Rolex twenty-four winner. He has more Rolexes than he does have arms. Uh, Michael Shank, Mike, we appreciate you being here, man. Thank you so much. Is that correct okay. on the nineteen eighty-nine driver of the year? I don't know where you found that, but that is absolutely true. <laughs> Incredible. That trophy <laughs> back there somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, it's true. I love it. Yeah, I, I absolutely love that's how love I started. That. Connor, that's you know back in the day, that's how we started. You know, go karting wasn't as big a thing then, right? And so, you know, we, that's what we did. Exactly. No, I respect that. The SCCA, that was, a, that was a lot of people's routes. Um, Mike, we could talk a lot about the history of everything. And, and, and I know you've, you know, you, you are not that old, honestly. So you, you, you still have many, many years in front of you. So I don't even really want to go too deep into the history of, we know you're here. We know you're, you, you were a racing driver. You're a very yep. successful team owner now. Um, I, I have so many questions about the business, but I, but I want to start, I guess, a little bit on this history side. So the, the sports car realm, right? Yeah. When I thought about Grand Am and, and sports car racing, uh, I, I thought of the MSR team, you know, bringing, bringing the heat to the, you know, the Ganassis, the bringing the heat to the, to the sporting car scene. You had guys like Justin Wilson, AJ Allmendinger, big names. You yourself were driving as well. Uh, what, what, how, how did you basically start how did you start so strong like like how was it your attitude was it the was it the way you approached owning a team uh good good questions you know really start you know i was really an open wheel guy from when you know when i came in i wanted to go to the indianapolis 500 just like you you know connor I, that was all i dreamed about central ohio guy listened to the race every may 
just die hard when like Bobby Ray Hall was coming through and Johnny Rutherford a little bit and at the end of his career. But, you know, it was always open wheel and, and we built the business headed that direction. And we did a series called Toyota Atlantic, which was kind of like an Indy Lights, kind of a comparable to Indy Lights. We did that all the way through 2002. And it came to a time there right after 9-11 that our team was just suffering terrible financially. And we just didn't, we we're at a crossroads. We didn't know what mm -hmm. to do. And I had a relationship with Toyota at the time through the Toyota Atlantic series. And they decided to do this kind of upstart Daytona prototype thing with Jim France in Grand Am. And so Dale Wise and I were sitting around like, I don't know what the hell we're going to do. I mean, I'm thinking about a real <laughs> job at that point, which is bad. That's bad. Nobody wants that, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Nope. <laughs> uh, we, we looked at it a little harder and we really, you know, I met with Jim. Jim doesn't know who I am at all at that point, right? He he's has some friends that know me. And, you know, you know, whatever, we need to build some teams. Same year I came in, Chip Ganassi came in, Bill Riley had his team with Wayne. Uh, a bunch of people came in right in that 04 season. And Jim, you know, Jim, once he and I got to know each other, he put his arm around me, really made sure we could get the car bought through Kevin Doran down in Cincinnati, Ohio. We got the car bought. And, and I'll tell you what, why this changed my life. It's because racing at the time started going through this spec specization of everything right mm. back with the time when your dad was doing indycar man they're building their own a arms their own wings their own everything right you know and you had to have a lot of dough to have that evolution of, of development right well i think jim is one of the first people one of them that saw the writing on the wall and said we need to equalize it and get it so a lot more people can compete at, at any level if you got a good driver a good engineer a good crew you have a shot and that's what daytona prototype did for me we didn't have shit. We had nothing. We had eight guys, six guys, four full-time, and we managed to, you know, that's where I met Oz Negri, you know, and we got going, he and I got going together. And uh, the opportunity, the very first uh, short race we did after Daytona in 04, we finished third, right, like in a pro deal behind Chip, you know. And, uh, and, and I was like, wow, I mean, this might be something good. And it really went from there. It was And by the way, Today's cup deal, the car you drove last year, that is basically a Daytona prototype, right? That yeah. is Jim France's idea. Standardize everything. Don't touch anything, okay? And go race it. So more people have opportunity. Or we're our own worst enemy, right? We're going to still figure out a way to make it better than the next guy or try to. But the bottom line is, is that moment in sports car history took us from something from nothing to something and really established us at a pro level with OEM eyeballs on us. And it just kind of built from there. It's a long answer. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's We we like those answers. This is what a podcast is all about. I, I, I It leads me into exactly what's next. I mean, you're building that operation. Obviously, now the Atlantic Series, I did know about that. I, I that Like having Sam Hornish there as well, like there, there a lot of great yeah. stuff happened in the Atlantic Series. I That was what I watched when I was a kid, right? But yeah. as this sports car team grew, right, you you still had the eyes on IndyCar. And I knew that, too. I feel like everyone knew that eventually you wanted to be in the IndyCar series. But did it take building that relationship with a manufacturer? Did it take establishing a partnership with, with Jim Meyer? The, I think a lot of people, I get asked this all the time, like, well, do you want to race this? Do you want to do that? It's like why? Well, a lot of the times, it's not what you want to do. It's what what works. Like what works best. How can you make this your job? And you made it your job. You made it this successful organization. 
give us like kind of like the, the, the raw, like pure fan. What are those steps like? Like, is it, hey, we got to win at this level and then we got to get the support from Honda, Chevy, whoever it is. And then we got to take, then we got to have a, you know, a, an investor or something like that. Is, is it sort of like that? It, it kind of is. What we did is we started with our base, which was 2004 in this case in Daytona prototype. And then we just kind of kept building it. And how did we build it? We built it with guys that could afford to go racing. A lot of people that you and I have known, Connor, over our years, how people like you and I kind of survive in the world, people that were willing to spend some money and wanted a co-driver, exactly. right? Which you've done many times. And for me, it was Oz Negri that bought some guys around that loved racing and would spend some money. And that gave us our financial, I needed some some base to stand on because my wife and I, we, I mean, we weren't poor, but we, we couldn't afford to do it on our own, you know? So, well, you guys mortgaged your house, did, right, to get it going yeah, as well in the first place. We did, we did on that first car, and, yeah. and Jim, you know, Jim Frank, that's crazy. And Jim co-signed on it, right? Like that's how we got it done. Wow. That's how we got it done. And by the way, yeah. I sold that dedication. Car. We well, we sold that car at the end of that season. It paid off perfectly. Bang, boom, boom. And from that point on, you know, we were able to figure out ways to finance cars, and we didn't have to put the house up. And you know, we still ham and egg in it, right? A little bit ham and egg, but you know, we we yeah. still got her done. But really what it was, was a constant evolution of building the product. You know, we just get a little stronger every year. And in 06, when AJ and Justin came, we finished second to Ganassi again in that year, you know, at the Rolex 24. But the program just got better, right? And we just kept building it. And one of the things I really realized quick, it's at some point you got to have an OEM manufacturer help, period. You got to somehow get in there. So for me, it started out with TRD Toyota. And then I transitioned to Ford and did that for eight years with Ford and had a great relationship with Ford. And then finally in 2015, we each, uh, moved over to Honda and Acura and kind of our life took off from there, you know. And uh, but but all along the way, you're building these relationships with people. And Cotter, you're probably you're probably in the top three of all I know of, of able to get in there, you know, wiggle in there like a cancer. Right. <laughs> And you get in there and you build I, I, Compare me to cancer. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. <laughs> they, just can't, they can't quite shake you, you know? And, um, yep. and that's how I am too, by the way. So we build these – and by the way, we deliver on that, Connor. I'm, I'm bullshitting with you. But, yeah. You know, we bring our value to the side. They come in. We try to put parties together and everybody gets something out of it. So that's how we started. And uh, in 2017 uh, – I, I was I so I was in prototype. It was in P2 with a Leger Honda, and we just won Petit Le Mans overall for the first time in 2016. And I had found out that NS, the Honda or that Acura were going to do an NSX factory program, and I put an RFP in. I won the deal, and for the next four years we had a, a, a factory, essentially a factory uh, GTD deal. We won the championship two years in a row. Uh, did a bunch of great things with that, and that again that built. But also what happened in 2017. I got a call from Stefan Wilson about running the Indy 500. He had a deal with Michael Andretti, but they needed some people to do it. Would you crew come and do it? We kind of melded the groups, right, for 17. And uh, all of a sudden, Fernando Alonso decided he wanted to go to the Indy 500 that same year. And we got, you know, they shut, you know, Stefan kind of got moved to the side, not of my doing, of, you know, Michael Michael's great plan here, which worked good at the time. Um, and he used us and we ran Jack Harvey and that's how that whole, and, and, and because I ran Jack Harvey, I met Jim Meyer from Sirius XM and yep. Indianapolis based guy, you know, and again, it's that networking, it's that relationships and what's got this done, right? Treating people really well, 
doing what you say you're going to do, even if it hurts you. Um, that's the kind of stuff that's that put my wife and I kind of in the place we are today. And then, you know, it just kept building from it. You know, our, our life changed, you know, you know, once when we won the Rolex 24, you know, first, you know, first I, I, I meet Jim France, that changed it. Then we won the Rolex and then, uh, you know, then we met, you know, then we did the Honda deal. And then when I met Jim Meyer and from there it's gone vertical, especially on the IndyCar side. And he and I have a really, really unique, great relationship. You got to be a part of that by decent chalk there, Connor, and got to see how we, we like to sit and drink beer bars and, and talk shit and, you know, but we also are passionate, right? And, um, absolutely and to this day, you know, when we do well, we, we show it, when we don't do well, we show it. And, um, um, that's, that's the quick snapshot of it right now. So. No, I know that there was a lot to that and, and I appreciate you getting into that because it's, I, I love what you've done now because you're an Indy 500 champion, right? Very difficult yeah. to do. Right? You, 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 have, you have the bottle of milk, you have the ring, you have the wreath. That's, that's an incredible accomplishment. The driver that won it for you is now also your co-owner, yeah. which is yeah. also wild. But you've now built this. You talk about building, building what you have now. You have the ability as a team owner to go after the guys that you want too, right? There's a lot of teams, and, and I think more people don't realize this, but there are several teams, even Ganassi, that there are drivers that are there that, you know, that there there was some, there's a financial element that, you know, there's always a financial element that you might not know about. But you, Mike, what I respect about you, you've gone after the guys that you want, right? Like, hey, we want the the best guys in our car to to give us a chance at winning races, right? Now there's there's always, you know, small financial elements here and there. But you building the team with 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 Jim Meyer and all of your partner, your Liberty Media is invested in the team as well. How much has that given you the confidence as an owner to be like, hey, I think we got the best guy, like we got the best guys that we that we need to go bring home more trophies? Well, you know, at the end of the yes, I'm very proud of the fact that when we wanted needed you, I could call you and you come drive for us. You know, you didn't have to do anything to do that. Right? <laughs> Appreciate that. By the way. <laughs> yeah. We're very, I'm very, very proud of that. But that doesn't mean I'm immune to having to put other partnerships together to make budgets work. Because ultimately, I have partners to answer to. Liberty Media, you know, you don't think they not make money on anything they do. Or Jim Meyer, I don't want to let either one of those parties down. So how do we do this balance? It's a huge balance between results and uh, marketing partnerships and, and who can bring what and how and when. And, uh, I'm also real fortunate that, you know, Tim Meyer has joined us. So you got to know Tim quite well. Jim's son. Yes. He's kind of heading up our commercial division. I'm really proud to say that I think we're in the top five of, of revenue generated from IndyCar racing uh, as we sit here today. And I'm proud of that. And how did that happen? Well, yeah, we used everybody's relationship to make that happen. And I'm I'm not afraid yeah. I'm not afraid to, to say that you know, um, but you're dreaming. Still, you know, I'm still under the pressure all the time to 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 look out for that budget, and uh, it's not perfect all the time. You know, some of the the if you look at some of the driver salaries in our series, Connor, that you're good friends with these guys are making a lot of money again, right? Um, and it, like, thank God, yeah. <laughs> and how do you know how do we not only come up with the operation side, but we got to fund the talent side too, right? And uh, it's a del it's a delicate balance for us. So um, we're real proud to have you know Elio is a unique individual as you well know and got to know him real well with yes. us and before and, and he's great at the P at the PR or the marketing side. You put him in a room of people, he just dominates the room, right? And uh, that's kind of absolutely. You know, I, I need to have several tentacles to make this successful, and he's a very important part of it today. So 
uh, on top of that, we would love yeah. to. We would love for him to win a fifth with us. That would be incredible. Well, I certainly don't hope that happens, but anyway, all the best. Uh, Chase, yeah. So, Chase, I know you have something for Mike. Yeah, just listening to everything that you're saying here, Mike, like I'm, uh, you know, no no shame in saying I, I am, I'm fairly new to learning about you. And, and I've read an article recently uh, that uh, Marshall Pruitt did, I think, on ESPN in 2022, really just diving into to understanding your career and then hearing everything that you're saying right now. I just have to say, like, you know, I, and I mentioned it a bit ago, like, you're a dreamer and you're one of those people like people don't understand the uh, amount of energy and the amount of time and, and and just connections and people that you have to put together to make some of these things come to fruition. And, and I think that that just it, it means so much to see that whenever it's finally like, you know, at a point to where it's, you know, the, it's flourished and you you've obviously gotten that. You know, and so you have to get that from being a people person and from also just knowing what you want out of life and knowing, you know, what your goals and your dreams are and finding other people that, you know, you can compare in that area. Um, you know, some of these the, these things that I've read, it talks a lot about your fan engagement, it talks a lot about how, you know, you, you love the fans and, and you love kind of that uh, having that, that down to earth presence when you're at the tracks. You know, ha, have you ever encountered, um, or a better way to say it, what what's one of like your best moments that you have had, kind of like when, when it comes to fan interaction at uh, at IMS or any track or at any point in your career? Like, is there like one memorable moment that stands out, uh, you know, among others? You know, th- there is. I, there is. There's a moment I got lucky because my wife got to be there f- with me for it too. But I'll, I'll tell you, a lot of how. We are in, in, in Connor and Chase. I'm not sure where you're from, from the Midwest or not. I, I put a lot of it to kind of how we were raised um, in the Midwest or the mentality, the work mentality. You know, I had to work since I was, you know, whatever, 12 or 13 and or wanted to, I should say, you know, it's just, it's just what we do. Right. And we, and when there's a piece of junk on the floor, we stop and we pick it up and we throw it away. And, and, you know, we, we make our beds in the morning. I, it's just that basic. Yeah. Right. Um, so a lot of, I think a lot of how I am today and it's, believe me, I'm <laughs> got my own issues, but, uh, is, is from that basis of how we were raised. Right. And, and, and the view on how we treat people, uh, with regards Absolutely. to the, the best moment I've ever been a part of was actually after we won the 500 and the, and I didn't know they did this Connor. you probably know, but when you win the race, so you do all this stuff there on the, you know, you, the front straightaway or whatever, then they. They put the driver and his wife in a convertible, in this case Camaro, and they take you about five miles an hour around the track, okay? And when we were all down there, we were losing track of time and stuff, and and uh, Elio and his wife and his daughter jumped into this Camaro, and he said, MB and Mike, come on. So he, he let MB and I get in the Camaro with them to, to go. Now, this is a guy who just won his fourth, right? Like, he joined it. <laughs> yeah. And when we, and, you know, if you guys remember in 21, Connor, you led that race, which was a proud moment for you and your family, too, by the way. Um, that's the only one I've been to, by the way, uh, as well, I've I've ever been to. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. But you remember guys, there's only 140,000 people there. I swear, you know, Bowles will tell you different. It's probably more than that, but they told us, but, um, uh, the the most incredible energy I've ever felt was people stayed. They didn't leave that year at all. And they all came out to the fence and climbed up the fence like this. And the amount of energy that was coming toward our car was like, I mean, I looked at my wife and said, I think I'm going to cry. I mean, this is incredible. Like, just the the appreciation of, the, for the people 
at NES and all the fans that came out there for that day to, to say, say, Elio, we're lucky we're here when you did this was just incredible. And I'm just forever be grateful for that one. I love that. Yeah, it's it, it's it's an incredible moment winning that race there. It's got to be like nothing else. I hope to obviously get that feeling as well. But there, there's speaking of the Indianapolis 500, this might be a controversial subject, but I you're the only owner that we've had on this show. Okay. But recently there was a lot of talk about guaranteed entries for the 500. I I don't know. I understand their financial part about it, but and 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 I obviously have a very passionate answer about this because like I you know love the history of the 500. Yeah. But can you give us like give the fans or people just just an idea of like okay if if we end up doing something like that like this or if there ends up you know give us the reason why or or like give us the I guess or or like how, how do you feel about it and, and if it's something that hey I understand that there's a financial you know relevancy to it all but just let us know because I it's it's a genuine question that I think a lot of people have a very passionate you know feeling about and I was just curious as to as to what you what you thought well, of I. Listen, I, I, there was a little article a couple weeks, few weeks ago that I had some comments about it, and I do, and I, and I got, I, I want to be careful about this because there's nobody here that loves. Of course, to, we don't want to get anyone there, in trouble. There's no one, there's <laughs> no one here that loves to go to the museum more than me, right? So the history, the the people, the history, the 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 life that has taken place down that front straightaway or that that track means a lot to me. Okay, um, I think there, uh, with uh, I think today's a different day though. These are, you know, you have to, you know, modern times call for modern answers and and it can't stay, in my opinion, the same way forever. So I, in a roundabout way, what I'm saying to you is I think there's a way we can work this out, that there are some guaranteed spots for people that are heavily invested. And, uh, but there's also, that doesn't eliminate bumping though. There's still going to be many spots open for bumping and, and doesn't change that dynamic. But our, our world is a lot different now in how we, you know how we how we raise the money and the mouths we feed and all that really matter right. to me, and I, I really wrestle with this. But as far as myself, my partner Jim Meyer, we support some some way of guaranteeing spots in the five hundred, but we don't want to eliminate the 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 uh, the, the past the thirty three, right? We want to keep that yeah. day because I think that's one of the best days in sports. Period. Right. Um, I agree. So I understand the yeah. passion, and I'm going to get a ton of shit for this. So, but no. it's the truth. I, I don't want to lie to you. Either, yeah, because I feel about it. No, no, no. But that, but I respect that. Yeah, like some people. Will, that that's the thing. Well, and again, it, it, it change is hard for a lot of people, right? Like sometimes, like you you hear something at first, and it's like, well, that's never going to happen. But like if you're forced to do it, well, guess what? You kind of learn to adapt, and you learn to appreciate it. So I I, I even understand myself. Let's all sit down at the table then and figure out a way. Okay, maybe is it only the top ten in the championship at the time? Maybe is it this, that, or whatever? You know how how can you figure it out? Because there is a way, I'm sure that that it can be done. Despite how I feel about it, how fans feel about it, I completely understand the business side, and I appreciate you answering that honestly because that's hard and it's it's a tough subject. I don't like to, you know, I had my share of controversy last year with our sports car stuff, so I, I don't try to dive into this too too much. But yeah. but I also don't want to lie to the people. If you, if you of course, know how I feel about it. This is how I feel about it. You don't have to agree with me, but I can I'm tell you man. exactly. You have, if you have sixty five people on your full time payroll and and you have no other business to rely on, the you come and talk to me when you when you sleep good, right? And and the one race in our exactly. world that me, that means the most to me in my life. 
is is the fucking Indy 500, and I I do not want to. Yeah, I, you know, I want to do whatever I can to be a part of that. Absolutely, I, I feel that. Well, too. I, I was just gonna mention too, like there's there there's definitely the way there there's the way to make it. I like the what you guys are both saying, like as far as maybe a limited amount of security, you know, and at least that. Not everybody out there is paying for everyone to be in this thing or can give the money to the teams like you're saying. So the limited, I think that that should be fair enough for, you know, some fans if that can be wiggled out. But you're definitely right about, you know, the uh, the, the changes that are, that are coming. That was one thing that I kind of wanted to go into with you as well is just, you know, right now there's there's a lot that's going on in the world with technology. There's a lot that's happening in racing with technology. I know the AI with data and everything with racing is huge. Uh, the hybrid cars. You know, with you talking about watching these cars evolve, uh, you know, so much over time you, you've been into these different forms of racing. Where do you really see, like, the the next generation of, of IndyCar racing, like, going? Like, what do you see as far as the innovation with the car, as far as the sport itself? Like, is there anything that's going on right now, talks like behind the scenes with that? You know, well, obviously you talked about the hybrid. We have that coming. It's it's They were making some great strides with it here the last month or so. I'd say they're testing today. As a matter of fact, at Homestead, some of the cars are. Uh, so obviously that's coming. That You know, we spent 18 months developing the hybrid package for IMSA, which was really cool. It does some really, really amazing things. Uh, it, it puts a whole nother element of driving race cars into the car, which is also cool. Again, it's that modern way of thinking of where we're going. Personally, beyond the electric and the hybridization, what I think is coming soon, and I don't know how what form this will come in, uh, just me listening to the ground a little bit, is hydrogen. Hydrogen power, clean energy, like really clean energy, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So I'm almost wondering if, you know, we have a... a you know, for a long time, we kept reading electric is going to dominate our world, right? Like for five, last five years, electric, electric, electric. But I think you're seeing some diversity. Toyota's come out and said, "Hey, we're going to do gas, hydrogen, electric. We're going to we're going to kind of mix this bag up." Um, and Honda, you know, Honda's all let go electric right now. Um, I, that's the only really future forward thinking thing I know of. I think it's important. Again, back to the OEM thing, Connor, that we were talking about, we need some more manufacturers yeah. in IndyCar like IMSA have just to drive yeah. technology and drive rele- relevance for us. And also we want them to spend our market- their marketing dollars to pr- help promote all of us, you know, and that's a powerful tool. So we have to be a little attuned to what they want, you know, and um, and, and bend maybe toward that a little bit. But um, I'm not sure what comes next, but I'm, I'm hearing hydrogen, but I, I don't know. Well... You know what, Mike? We appreciate. I don't want to take up too much of your time. You've always you've been very generous with us, and and I appreciate that. Um, I honestly still to this day get into drive for your operation, even though it was a crazy situation and it was not the way you want to get in a car. Uh, you know that that was one of the the best experiences of of my career, and I, I truly wish that I we would we would have I think got the finishes that I think we deserved at a couple different places there. Sure. But uh, but it was 
It was an amazing experience. I think you're running an incredible team. Real quick, feeling good about Felix and Tom, everything preparation-wise, things looking good for you guys, cars looking good, people yeah. feeling good. Yep, we had, uh, we're had we loading up here on Thursday to go to Sebring. You know, there's a big t test Monday, Tuesday, which, Connor, I'm sure you know about. One car runs each day. We had a great two days at Homestead, which on the road course at Homestead, which is kind of an mm -hmm. irrelevant track, but it was good to get the boys out there. Uh, they're good friends offline, so there's a lot going on there. Um, you know, we're working super, super hard on the Indy 500 stuff, as I'm sure your group is. Also, Connor, it means everything to yeah. all of us. And, um, and I'm, I'm very hopeful. We had uh, just a really tough, tough year, and it started at St. Pete last year with both cars being taken out oh, yeah. within 1,000 feet of the green flag, right? Yeah. Um, and, that, and we just never quite got our legs back under us. But I think, Connor, you saw we have good people. Uh, we just keep honing this to make it better. You on my IMSA side, I truly feel we're the best team on the grid right now. Maybe toward the end of the season, we're the best. And and you know we're going to keep working on our IndyCar program until we get it to where uh, we want it. But so far, the two boys are doing great, and kind of we'll see. Love that, Connor. No, no, no mountain biking. We don't want to see any more problems. These these drivers on their mountain bikes, man. Got to stay off them. He's wearing a belt shirt too. I tell you what, man. It's uh, yeah, I. I the amount of people that immediately called me and, and were like asking, and I'm like, look, I, yes, I sent the text immediately. Don't worry. Like I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go, but I, I think, uh, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, but yeah, I, I, I wish you guys all the best. Honestly, we'll obviously see you in May. I'm sure I'll end up in another IndyCar race at some point. Who knows? <laughs> but, um, yeah, absolutely. but yeah, man, absolutely. thank you so much for being with us. And, uh, you know what, we're going to be, uh, we're, we're MSR fans. We are, so thanks, don't goodness. worry. And, really uh, and thanks a lot, much. man. Anytime. <laughs> Anytime. All right, boys. Thank you. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. First team owner on our show. Um, I was very, very happy to, to, to have him. I think him getting into the guaranteed entries for the Indy 500, that, that's, that's, that's going to be a touchy subject. But, but I appreciate his honesty. I, I think, you know, we don't want to get anyone in trouble, obviously. We, we, we respect, and, and that's part of the game that I think we, we don't understand as fans, like we, of course, we don't want to see guaranteed entries, but maybe there's a way to help a little bit. So, um, so, so I, I, I appreciate Mike's honesty on that, and then just to, I enjoy him as a human being in the motorsport realm. All right. Well, as always, we will roll into my favorite segment of the show. I think a lot of people's favorite segments of the show: the Ricky Treadway Random Indy 500 Driver of the Week. Greatest event of its kind that's ever been on. Time now to meet the drivers. So make up the field. All right. So this week we went to the 1955 Indy 500. We went a little old. For the previous uh, few Indy 500s, like we started with Chase, pretty much with people born in the 1800s, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, but now we're getting closer. 
closer to our, uh, you know, our, our current existence, but still very old. The 1955 Indianapolis 500. The 1955 Indianapolis 500 was won by Bob Swikert. Bob Swikert, again, probably could also be a random Indy 500 driver of the week. Um, but the random Indy 500 driver of the week is the 16th place finisher. The 16th place finisher was Cal Nade or Cal Nade. I don't, I don't know how you pronounce that. Cal Nade. Uh, Cal Nade was born April 29th, 1914 in California, California man, uh, American race car driver, lost his leg in a motorcycle accident after high school, but it didn't affect his racing career. <laughs> That's, I mean, I'm, I just read this for the first time. That's my favorite part about this is like, I did not know that Bob was driving legless yeah. or sorry, Cal was driving legless. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of wild. Um, didn't affect his race career. Also noted first race car driver to wear a modern style bell helmet. Oddly enough, I am wearing know? a bell shirt. This is this is completely random. Chase, like I'm wearing a bell shirt. Cal Naday, first driver to wear a bell helmet. You know, I, I think it's that's kind of wild. I, I think it's very yeah, it's a little mysterious. I'm not gonna lie. You know, it's a little it's not it's not Friday yeah. the thirteenth, but I mean could be uh somewhere, you know. I, I will say this though. It's always uh, fitting, you know, when I hear good stories about old in the day, you know, especially with him. You know, a lot of people don't realize that a long time ago, like him being in California, you know, he actually was the person that was going to invent Nike shoes. Uh, you know, he had some things, you know, go go kind of terribly wrong, but you know, we allegedly. Now again, these are alleged. Correct. These these might. Or, in fact, are not true, but we can speculate yeah. because we don't know. Well, Cal. I heard this from my great-grandfather's friend that worked at the feed store for a really long time. He told me about it, <laughs> and he knew store. it. So, Wait, the good feed yeah. store? Wasn't that a store? The good Circle feed store? D's. Circle D's feed store. It's a great place. Uh used to go to get a lot of corn uh, from there. But, nice. yeah, he told me, he's like, you know, he's like, uh, you know, he, apparently there was a prototype. You know, we were all supposed to be stomping in the days. We weren't supposed to be wearing oh. Nikes, uh, but, you know, someone caught wind of it. You know, accidents happen, and uh, didn't really, you know, have to worry too much about the shoes uh, anymore, but it could still Incredible. race. So that's just a really cool little, little fun nugget that my great-grandfather's friend that worked at the feed store once told me. Wow, I, I love that. That is that is good to know. I, this is, honestly, Nade is one of three drivers to have to have participated in the Indy 500 with a prosthetic leg. That is also like that that is definitely a true thing. We're back to the truth now about Cal. Wild. I mean, that's kind of really puts the do in just I did do not it. know Yeah, I did not know that at all. Um poor guy was killed by a heart attack after being thrown from a vintage open wheel car at Willow Springs. Oh. Also crazy. RIP Cal. That's wild. He He's out here racing with, with one leg and got thrown out of a car, died of a heart attack. That is absurd. Uh, three Indy 500s on his record, 1953, 54, and 55. Uh, best finish of 10th. So he had a top 10. Um, but that is fascinating to know. So we, we learned of a of Cal Day, random Indy 500 driver of the week, allegedly big uh, potential Nike guy, but no. Uh, but wow, um, prosthetic leg racing driver. That's can incredible. Good we, for him. Can we give him Good the heart? Like, like I, I feel like he deserves the heart of the dog award. You know what I mean? Heart of the dog. Yeah. 
he wow. needs the metal the, the the metal of the dog dude like that is a way yeah. to go out that's, that's a incredible. life that that man lived uh seriously me, i want like there should be a statue of him i'm gonna just say that yeah, right now. 73 years old too he lived a life he was still racing wait so that means he was racing he died of a heart attack at 73 while he was racing that's Dude, that's that's a heart of the dog like memorial. Yeah, dog of the week. Dog of the week is Cal Naday. Dog of the week is Cal Naday. So that that uh, that wraps up our episode. Um, a fantastic one. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, we we hope that you tune in again next week. And I in the previous show at the end of the show I didn't know who I was interviewing. We had already had this interview set up with Michael Shank, so I had that in my calendar. So I, I don't know what's on my calendar for next Ooh. week. There's a potential. There's a potential we might have another Indie NXT drop. Wow. I actually, this is the first time in my life where I'm. We're now getting reached out to by people that that want to be on the show. Like like I even had a PR firm, like a a driver's public relations team, reach out and ask. If this driver could be on. So we'll see. We don't know yet, but we're going to see. So we appreciate you listening. Please uh, leave leave a like on this video if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, leave a review if you're listening on a podcast platform. And uh, we appreciate you, as always, uh, for listening to this week this week's episode of Speed Street. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.